Um, we are here talking about the first episode of Sleepy Hollow. Um, I'm Queenie. I'm Janya. And um, at the time that we are recording this, two full seasons have aired on Fox. Um, so what we're doing is we're going back and we're doing casts for the first two seasons. Um, we will try our very best not to spoil anything beyond the episode itself um, for you guys. We have watched both seasons. We're, we're big fans, um, which is one of the reasons we've decided to go back and do this. Um, so that just kind of sets that up. So uh, this first episode was written by Alex Kurtzman, Philip Iskov, Robert Orsi, and uh, Len Weissman had some story credit as well. And Len is also the director and he was the producer of the first season. Um, so we're going to start out with the episode recap and we start um, in 1781 on the battlefield. Um, Hudson Valley. Yes. A man that we learn is Ichabod Crane um, going through the battle and he's looking for a very specific individual and we see this uh, just really badass horseman. Come just up. coming right up over the ridge. He's black got the, mask. The black mask. And yeah. He's just very impressive. Really cool. They struggle and they both die. Dun dun dun. Exactly. So the next thing we see, um, Ichabod is crawling out of the dirt and waking up. He's he's crawling out of what is apparently his his grave. He is surrounded by a bunch of salt. Uh, he is surrounded by one of the several jars that bust. We see a snake. We see a frog, and we've done a little research on that because it seems to be it's a big deal. Um, the from what we've read, the uh, frog is a symbolization of transformation, rebirth. Um, rebirth. Uh, a snake is is commonly uh, also known for uh, reincarnation uh, it's also the underworld uh, and the salt is it's purifying the the ground where he's laying and it's protecting him uh, and at this point these are the only real symbols that we see until he actually makes it out of this cave um, and into uh, this river area he wanders around through the woods and all of a sudden, he comes upon the road. This is such a great... Visually, it's, yes. it's a really great scene. It's very ominous. It's very... Fog-shrouded. Yeah, and, and he's just... I mean, can you imagine coming from the 1700s and then coming upon an, an asphalt road? It's It's got to be... Jarring. Jar. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it, jarring. So, so jarring that he... Almost gets hit by a truck, and then he causes a car wreck. <laughs> you know, like you do. And we pan out, time and we travelers. see... <laughs> time travelers. We see um, the Sleepy Hollow sign with a convenient hawk perched on it. And that is our Smash Bam opening. Oh, and the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones song is just awesome. I, they could not have picked a, a better song for this. We, we tried to do some digging in with the symbolism of the hawk. There's a lot of symbolism in this show. Uh, we really couldn't come up with a whole lot on it. <clears throat> Sorry. But the hawk is uh, associated with Cersei, who is a mythical uh, witch. A really, really badass one. Um, keep, keep that in mind. 
Um, so after we, we get the whole Sleepy Hollow sign and, and Ichabod's all confused. Um, Who wouldn't be? Exactly. We, uh, we go to um, Abby Mills and Sheriff Corbin eating some pie in a diner. It's very cute. Very domestic. Um, we find very out Adam that, and Eve. Yeah. Apple. Very Ooh. Adam and Eve. Didn't think that through until mm. just now when are you said Apple. Symbolism. Very Adam and Eve, yeah. Uh, so they're talking, and Abby, he's talking about Abby leaving. Um, he tries to kind of, like, lure her back in with, hey, you know, all these unsolved cases. Um, but Quantico. Yeah. But Quantico. Quantico. And we also see that Corbin, um, the sheriff, shares a very significant set of looks with this priest that's sitting behind him. Uh, so, so they get called to, uh, the stables, and so they split up, which is just a rookie move. Don't ever split up. Who One of you's that? gonna die. Who does that? Uh, so Abby checks out the house, and Corbin goes to the stables, and it's all very ominous and creepy, and I think there's some the fog going on. Yeah. Very, just, it was staged really cool. Um, so Abby sees something. Um, and Corbin's in the barn, and it breaks through this seemingly headless man. In a red coat. In a red coat. And Corbin shoots him, like, a lot, and he still gets his head chopped off. Then we see the dramatic horseman, as we now see him. Uh, he rides away on a pale horse, and Abby's pretty pretty shell-shocked um and she calls for backup so she, she's she's trying to get to backup and she sees there's a gun on, she's there's gun on the ground there's gun mm-hmm. on the ground and that's very much cause for concern it, it seems very obvious that they they know this farmer uh that this this land they're familiar with this land they knew exactly where to go they knew exactly what to check out so small they've town been feel. here before yeah it's very small town feel they know this guy. They know uh, they've been here before, so there's they don't really seem cause for concern. But you see a gun on the ground. That's gonna anybody's gonna want to check that out. So. Yeah. So they call in uh, Andy Brooks, who is uh, some of you might recognize John Cho. He's been in all kinds of stuff, including Star Trek. Um, and he actually, on his way to help them, runs into who we find out is Ichabod. Um, so. They take him to jail, and, because, you know, clearly he's, you know, they think he's nuts, and they start talking about what happened. Ichabod asks the question, he hears them, Abby start to talk to, um, to Frank Irving, who they haven't introduced yet, but he's clearly an authority figure, um, did he carry a broad axe? Which was a very, very specific question. Very interesting first line for, uh... Mr. Ichabod Crane. Right, right. That was his first line. That was his, his first, first line. The first line. time you hear him speak, and his accent, it's... So pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's <laughs> jarring, almost. Yeah. Because you, you don't hear anything, and if you didn't go into this knowing that that's a British actor, it, it could be very jarring. It, it was a very... It stood out. Yeah. So, um, they get into, you know, kind of questioning him, and... He makes this the dramatic reveal of I saw it when I cut off his head. Mm-hmm. They talk about the um, the brand on his hand, the bow on his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Which I gotta made, say that everybody's way more detailed. I would not have been paying attention to a brand on a new tan. I, and I would never have called that. It did not look like a bow to me. I would have just called it an arrow. Yeah, but but hey, you know, bow, movie magic, arrow, whatever. TV magic, sure. Um, so of course this leads us to full on interrogation mode for Ichabod because uh, he's he wait he knows way too much about what happened to the sheriff. Um, so they they strapped him to a polygraph machine. Who wouldn't? He's demanding, you know, are you with the magistrate? Which, this this becomes my favorite, one of my favorite recurring themes of this show is Ichabod versus the future. Yes. <laughs> so it's like Ichabod versus future technology is just like the greatest thing ever. Um, but, it you know, it turns out he's, he's not given any polygraph red flags. At least he thinks he's telling the he truth. He does, and when he, he talks, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. He uh, he goes into the fact that he's a spy for George Washington, which you know they totally believe. Oh sure, sure. Um, and he's saying that the last thing he remembers is getting pulled into triage, and seeing his wife, who was a nurse with uh, his regiment, and then he died. That's the last thing he remembers. Um, so, you know, then he gets told, welcome to the 21st century. That's really one of my favorite scenes. And one of the things we're, that I find so interesting about it, the, the guy that's given the test, he pulls out, is it, it's a $1 it's bill. It's a $1 bill, yeah. pulls out a $1 bill with George Washington's face on it and sets it down in front of him, showing him the year on the currency. And Ichabod takes it and he's flipping it over. And I want to know what Ichabod is thinking of all of these symbols, some rumored to be Illuminati type stuff, mm-hmm. all on this currency. You know, what does he think of that? What is that telling him? This official currency for the country that didn't exactly. even exist when he died. I wish they could have gone a little bit more into that. I would like to have known, but it just... But I was, I was thinking, what does he think? Oh, there's the eye there, and yeah. there's this pyramid over here, and they all mean... Something to somebody somewhere. With Washington's face on it. Which had to be pretty pretty confusing. Yeah. I wonder how much of likeness it really is. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wonder. I wonder. <laughs> so, then we go to um, we, who we find out is Captain Frank Irving. He's talking to Abby. Um, and, man, she's trying. She's really trying to insinuate herself into this investigation. He wants no part of it. Um, she makes a point that, that, there, that she doesn't remember there being very any blood at all um and that the wound was cauterized Cauterized 500 degrees to cauterize something like that Mm -hmm. um and basically she 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 begs him to involve her in some way and she kind of negotiates into transporting ichabod to a mental institution she even resorts to the puppy dog eyes she does and it works though it did work it works so... She used, she used the C word, didn't she? Yes, she, for closure. closure. It would help me for closure. Because she wants to question him, and he won't let her, so she's like, fine, let me just talk to him on the way to this place. And what this really tells us is, I don't really see her as a damsel in distress kind of character. This tells me she's she knows what she's doing. She's really smart. She's really intelligent. She really wants to ask, ask Ichabod questions. She wants to know more about what's going on. And she's using, every, she's saying, she's using all the buzzwords, she's using the, the facial cues to get what she needs, to get what she wants. Right. And the fact that this actress 
plays it so well. Yeah, I'm, I I really love Nicole. I think she does an awesome She's job. She's such a strong actress, and, and it shows it time and time again. That's just one of the first examples you see of it. And I just immediately liked the way she played Abby. And I liked Abby. Yeah. The character, I liked her even as, as tough as she tried to be. She's still a human. She's still but, a person. But she does come off as strong, but it's not... It's not, I'm going to hit her, I'm going to hit you over the head with how strong she is. Yeah. And so, I, I just, I really like the way it's she's a, written. It's a true strength. Yeah, I really like the way she's written and I yes. really like the way she's played. Um, so, we get Abby to go to the cell to pick up Ichabod. Yes. And he, <laughs> he calls her lieutenant immediately instead of lieutenant. Oh, um, those British. Uh, those Brits. And he... <laughs> He makes the point of saying that she must have been emancipated, and he goes on to, you know... Dig that hole a little deeper. Dig that hole a little deeper and tell her that he was an abolitionist, and she seems completely unimpressed, and reminds him that she has a gun and she can shoot him. And is authorized to use it. And so that starts a lot of the Abby sass that I love so much, because she just... She will just give it right back to Ichabod. Um, And so... He makes a point of saying that he knows that she saw the headless horseman and that she knows it, he was headless, which is, you know, kind of a big selling point. A little bit. Um, so <laughs> we see her put him into the front seat of the car, which I thought was a bit weird, but clearly she wants to talk to this guy and get information out of him. And she so, has ulterior motives. Yeah, she, she clearly doesn't really see him as a threat if she's putting him right up front with him. I mean, he is still... Yeah. Bound, he still has the as he calls him the manacles on his wrists, but she she obviously does not see him a threat as, at this point. Right. So I I think even there, even if it's subconscious, there's there's an amount of trust there for her, and he starts playing with the window like a oh giant toddler. He's very impressed it's, with the, with the motorized window. Again, it's Ichabod in, in the modern world. Yep. Which is so much fun. And she just starts she just starts sassing him. About, oh, like, you didn't pee when you, uh, you didn't go to the bathroom. I have to go at least... I guess every 75, 80 years, I gotta get and up and so pee. so he starts asking her about, like, wearing trousers, and I just really like their banter. Oh, it's, and it's established from yeah. the start. From and it doesn't very feel first. forced. No, it doesn't. Um, so she kind of reveals that, like, she has ulterior motives. They're going on a field trip to find... Field trip? Yeah, where he, um... Where he came out of the ground. Right. She mm-hmm. wants to look at where he came out of because she knows he knows something, um, and she wants to get to the um, to the heart of it. And as they're driving by, they drive past this priest we saw in the diner, uh, and if, inexplicably, from a moving vehicle, not only does Ichabod recognize the priest, but the priest recognizes Immediately. Ichabod. Immediately. It's very convenient. But, you know, for the sake of the narrative. So, they go to the cave that Ichabod was able to just really, you know, easily locate. uh, Which is also very convenient. Um, And they find an old Bible that belonged to Washington. So, you get the Washington backstory. He says that he lets her in on the fact that, you know, the revolution was not just a regular war. It was, you know, it was a war for mankind. Yeah, it sound it sound it made it sound very very ominous, and that George Washington was in on this whole uh, battle for the souls of humanity from the beginning. But 
What I really want to know is how that Bible survived 250 years in the mud. In the mud. Yeah. And it's in still readable condition and... Yeah, because they made a big show of, of like, schlepping the mud off, off of the yeah, cover. Yeah, they did. The whole, you know, what is that thing made out of, man? I gotta get me some of that. That's... It's, uh, it's early, uh, you know, laminate. <laughs> there, there was the Kinkos it's... on the battlefield. It's <laughs> just right around the, the fir- corner. The first Kinkos. Just don't show up 15 minutes late with Starbucks. <laughs> um, no, and they've already had the Starbucks talk. Because there's one on every corner. Because there's one on every corner. Um... So, we find out that Washington sent Ichabod to kill the horseman of death. So, not just even a bad, you know, just a bad dude. He's he's not, part of the apocalypse. Yeah, not just any demon. Not just any... The horseman of death. Yep. So, that's, you know, pretty pretty big deal. So, we flash to uh, the, this priest that we know something's up with. And he's running around outside his church after dark. Okay, why is he outside? Like, what on earth is he doing? Um, he's got a shovel. He does have a shovel. I assume he's gonna go dig something up. Yeah. So I just assumed at this point that this guy was dead. Like just by the dead, dead just by the staging. So lo and behold, the horseman shows up. He makes this promise of I'll never show you where it is. And the horseman, you know, does a lot of swinging and ends up chopping off part of a horse, uh, like, you know, one of those warning signs, yes. horse crossing horse signs. crossing. The he post- cuts off the head of the guy on the Which sign. Which was just perfection. I just uh, love that. But y- you have to, you have to, under- you have to enjoy the fact that our villain here, he is headless. Yep. Did not, as most villains do, he did not monologue. He did not monologue. Our, our, our hero here was like, I, I'll never tell you anything. And the horse Choppy was like, chop. okay, psh, gone. Yep. No monologuing. It does make it really convenient. There's no monologuing. No monologuing from our bad guy, which you have to admit is, is a bonus. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the priest is D.E.D. dead. Uh, and we get Frank Irving at the crime scene, who I just, I love Frank Irving. Even Orlando Jones yes. is such a precious sweetheart. He's great, and so I was really excited to see him as part of this show. Um, he is very, not obstructionist to Abby, I mean, he kind of is, but he wants her away from this investigation because it's, I mean, she's too invested. She well, was partners with, with the sheriff. And he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He He should be. That he's doing his job. He's trying to to keep her away from it, and that's what he should do. And even though she's fighting, and he's doing the best he can with what he's got and what he knows. Right. So we see this hawk again, um, and we find out that the wound was cauterized again. So this is the same mo. Um, Frank is not a happy camper. That no. Ichabod's still running around with Abby. Um, Andy's all concerned. And he is so obviously in love with Abby. Yeah. It's like sick puppy. It is. It's very sick puppy. And so Ichabod, amongst all this, follows the bird. Just gets out of the cop because car. Because that makes total sense. And so he follows the bird and he finds his wife, Katrina Crane's grave. Now, <laughs> I take some very, very serious issue with the fact that Katrina's headstone is in this graveyard, okay? This is a church. This is consecrated ground. And here's her headstone, and it very clearly says, Burnt 
for witchcraft. Yeah, I thought that was pretty bold of them. It just, and what was it? Uh, she died in 1782, which was a year after the battle. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, witches were not buried on consecrated ground. If you were burnt for witchcraft, you, they did not put you in a graveyard. Because you were kind of going to hell. Because you were a witch and yeah. you were cursed. And they, and this bugs me so, so much because they <laughs> would never, ever, ever, ever put her on consecrated ground. Put a witch in consecrated ground. But I ground. will say, not to make up for that because I totally agree with it, the priest was, we find out he later that he this had a hand in, in this. This is true. That is a little backdoor to it. But, wouldn't like the everyday like most people in that era would have known would yeah you, you don't put witches don't go there and they didn't even just try to sneak her in they were just no like, it's still it's clearly on the headstone that she was burned for right witchcraft. they didn't try to cover it up or hide any just but, but yeah with him being i could see him maybe maybe at the last she confessed her sins and asked for forgiveness or something but it's so blatantly in your face it's just yeah. it draws it bothers me a lot that and that gravestone was just really well maintained was it not yeah no crusty crust no. it was really mm. easy to read so um so ichabod talks to abby and he tells her that our fates are entwined which you know you gotta love He's ever so dramatic. He really is. He likes his dramatic moments. And Abby makes a point of saying that she is leaving. She is planning on leaving Sleepy Hollow. She's going to go to Quantico. Um, but when she's... Go ahead. She says, like, that she doesn't want this happening again. And he picks up on that. Uh, that's the word he focuses on. And is following her out the graveyard. Yes. Is like again, so he's pick. He's like he knows that she's something's happened, and he's got he's got to figure this out. And so she keeps trying to go back to no, we're going to take you to the asylum. And he, she readily admits this story to him when she takes him to the asylum. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that her and her sister, when they were when they were kids, when they were teenagers, they saw. And of course, you get creepy flashbacks. They saw four white trees, and something that was really kind of creepy and faceless. And then they blacked out. And I just thought this was really interesting that she is immediately just telling this, yeah, she's, this she's, crazy guy that, that she keeps she telling is. herself he's nuts, but she knows he's not. And she's she's given up these these bits and pieces of herself so readily, so easily, and it's it's forming this connection between the two of them. And you can see it happening right in front of her face, how much they trust each other, and it's mm -hmm. it's really kind of natural. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel weird or awkward. No. It feels very natural, and that speaks a lot to these two actors, to, mm -hmm. to Tom and... Nicole. Nicole, thank you. Uh, and so that's a lot of what makes the show work. Mm -hmm. They're if they didn't on work, screen, this would all yeah, just go away. Yeah, they're on screen chemistry. If it were not for that, with with a lot of shows, <clears throat> it's that way. But these two characters, the the actors, they play off of each other so well. Mm -hmm. It's they do. so fun to watch. And um, Abby also shares that her sister Jenny, who saw this with her, has been bouncing around institutions like the one that she just put Ichabod in. So we find out that, um, you know, it kind of gives you insight into 
why Abby's not not you know really uh, upfront with what she saw because she knows exactly. what happened to her sister exactly and and <clears throat> Ichabod makes the <clears throat> excuse me makes the um the 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 comment that she's battling dem- in in reference to to Jenny the sister mm-hmm. she's battling demons and he's very obviously is not talking about like demon demons like this horseman of death that's running around demon he, yeah he completely under his his understanding is so immediate of her mm-hmm. and you can see how much she appreciates that again it just really really speaks to their their connection. acting abilities and their connection it's it's mm-hmm. so impressive. So then we go to uh, Corbin's office. Abby is straight up snooping around, and um, straight up snooping. She's she not, is. She's, she's not she playing. Even, she gets in there snoopy and she's snoopy snoop. So she finds like these secret X Files that Corbin was keeping about all this crazy stuff that's happened in Sleepy Hollow that he has no explanation for. He's got like occult folders and he oh I know maps yeah so he goes into this um she finds recordings of him which are terribly convenient and good on you Corbin for recording this stuff um he believes that uh there were two covens in Sleepy Hollow that assimilated themselves into the populace uh one good and one evil Mm -hmm. which you know that's the way you do it and and the dates he gives uh predates Ichabod, uh, 1712 to 1816, mm-hmm. so it's a little before his time, mm-hmm. and this it seems to continue to after his time, and so it's, it's like that at that point is when they lost track right. of, of these covens. And uh, one of the big things she finds out is he kept clippings of what Abby and Jenny saw. So he knew that Abby saw something when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. And he even goes so far as to cite another another incident incident a farmer in i want to say it was the 1800s it was 1882 um saw the same thing in the same yes. spot so clearly corbin is putting more stock in what abby saw than abby is at this point yes um so he's he's such a a, a father figure yes i mean right out of the gate, you can see how much of a father figure yeah. he, he seems to be with which, her which which just really goes into why frank is trying to keep her away from this case yeah. She's she's too emotionally involved. She and she is, and Frank is not wrong for that. No. But he doesn't know all the other stuff that's no, going on. No, of course on. not. So Frank then interrupts her and she totally coolly hides it with I was totally just looking in old case oh, files, which is not a lie. Checking some stuff out and she's hiding it behind her back and she pulls those puppy dog eyes. She does, at her. man. It's oh she's fabulous. So she skedaddles out of there and we find Ichabod, quote-unquote, wakes up. There is this hawk again. And he walks over to this mirror where Wifey is. So you figure out really quickly that this is not necessarily... It's a dream. This is, this is, I, would, I wouldn't say this is not reality, but it, it is a dream. It's a, it's a vision dream. I mean, and of course, there's the mirror there, and the mirrors are, are a common use for, for scrying, for communication from witches. That's so it. we see that this hawk is really representative of C- Katrina, this hawk that's been kind of guiding him. Um, she tells him that her grave is not where her body is, but that her grave is hiding the skull of the horseman. Okay, so hold up. Okay. We have a witch. Yep. Supposedly buried in consecrated ground. Right. Not only that, but we have the head of death himself. Yes. Buried in consecrated ground, and it didn't, like, spit up balls of fire or anything, and just, okay, just... Just level setting? Just hand, 
putting it out there, <laughs> not buying it, whatever. So, uh... She kind of goes into this backstory that she is the one that put him to sleep along with the horsemen because their bloodlines entwined on the battlefield. Um, you know, standard witch stuff. You know, standard. Uh, and that the that a demon controls the horsemen. So you kind of get the get one of the first inklings of your horseman's not your big bad. He's yeah. a baddie, but he's not he's the not baddie. the baddie. Yeah. So which I actually. Going, looking back at when I kind of went into this show, one of my fears was, this is going to get really old really quickly. Yeah. How many times can you be like, oh, the horseman's rampaging again this week, let's mm-hmm. go get him, and you don't really kill him, and so I was kind of worried about that. So that was my first really glimmer that, okay, there's there's well, more to this than we're seeing. And then, my big, my big concern, when I first saw it and was going into it, I was like, okay, so you got the four horsemen. So you got death, you got war, you got pestilence, and you got... Famine. Famine, thank you. Blanked out. Um, so you have, the, but there are only four. So I'm like, so what, are we going to do like one horseman per season? And then where do we go from there? I was like, this, there's not a whole lot of story to work with here. This, this yeah. is going to run out real fast. I hope that they are able, and they have been able to draw it out. Yeah. A lot further, so. So, and she also gives him the handy dandy information that light is his weakness. So he can't be out in the daylight. So the, which, hey, you know. As bad guys tend to do. Right. So, apparently, uh, like, this I wasn't kind of clear on. Was he, like, shout? Are we thinking he's shouting in his sleep and that's why he wakes up with them, like, about ready to shoot he has to up be. in him? He has to be. He had to be... Riding uh, around. Wiggling around, tossing and turning and, and yelling at Katrina out. Yes, he's... Because he's trying, in, in the yeah. vision, he's trying to reach out to her and he can't move. So he had to have been struggling in, in the bed and, and screaming out. Because otherwise, why else would they be in the rain? Right. It just seems like, oh, we're just, all of a sudden we're going to tie you down and pump that, you full of, full of meds. And that doesn't happen. But, you know, Abby stops it. She comes in just really purposeful. Cavalry! Um, and she, like, gives this paper to the doctor and is like, this is a court order. And, and she's speaking with such a Authority. And they rush out, and she says that, you know... Just keep walking. We, we just gotta keep walking, because she's gonna figure out that that's a... That's a um, practice sheet, practice from, sheet my... from her exam. <laughs> so, um, she shows him this map that she found in Corbin's study, or in his office. Mm-hmm. It's this really... Uh, again, it's laminated. It must have been Battlefield Kinko's. I'm telling you, it was Battlefield Kinko's. And so, uh, the map was signed by George Washington... Who you're starting to think he knows quite a little bit more than than what history tells us. And there are, uh, you know, there are there was there are other dates and markings on mm-hmm. here. I, I saw uh, 1992. So Corbin has apparently been using people have been using this map over and over and over. So it's it's used. And it's a huge it's a huge map. It's really cool. I'd actually kind of love to see a reproduction of that. I, I know, wouldn't really you? Cool. It's it's got. Uh, other little things taped to it. The only thing I really caught that they had taped to it was the the angelic script that we saw. Yeah. Um. I kind of want to go back and see what the other like what some of the other like stuff inset was. drawings or whatever. Yeah. Was on there in a in a obviously like white paper that yeah. was like taped to it or but something. But it, it looked to me like it was something that had been handed down. And readily used throughout yes, the years. Very not much. just. Yes. It didn't look to me like something Corbin had just found. No. Mm-mm. So, um, Ichabod, at that point, admits that he saw the trees and the demon, too. 
So it's it kind of ties them together a little bit more. So ominously. I know. Dun, dun, dun. So Abby, you know, she calls in her bud Andy for help. And, you know, we met him earlier. He's just, he'll, you could tell he could do, he would do anything for Abby. He would. So he mentions that he is getting off a 36-hour shift, but of course he'll help. He's heading home. Uh-huh. So we see him going into his apartment, and it's ominously broken into. Crap's been rifled through. Oh, yes. He's got his gun out. And As you do. And I, I do, you mentioned it. It's really hilarious. The horseman, like, is sitting with, you know, in a chair that's he its is. back is to Andy. It's, it's, it's this high back. Chair. It's not that it's like high a, back. Well, though. it's like a no. It's not that high. It's it's a think of a lazy boy recliner. I mean, that's basically what it is. And you know, choke. Uh, cho, sorry, Andy comes in, and somehow he's like this slumped. six foot tall headless horseman has to be all slumped down in this lazy boy from the back. You can't see anything, and suddenly he stands up, and he's like twice the height Which, of the chair, and you're like. Yeah. How in the hell the were horseman, you hiding? The horseman is clearly a drama queen. <laughs> he so is. Uh, he had to make this dramatic reveal. And he's covered in this, he's got this shotgun and he's got this automatic rifle and he's got ammo just in he's rows. He's like, like, like decked out like a Rambo kind of thing. He kind of reminds me of Assassin's Creed, you know, all yeah, decked all out in his red coat. In his red coat. And... Andy says, you know, that uh, they know where it is. So you go, oh, crap. Andy's been working with the uh, the horseman. Yeah. He is obviously not on the good side of the law. Right. So That would be nature's law, not man's law. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just want to get that out there. So, uh, you know, just Andy. I, I really like John Cho. I do. And I just, his, I feel bad for Andy a little bit, but I feel like also they're setting up this kind of friend zone thing. Yeah. Like where he's justified. And Andy's character never felt very fleshed out. No. He always felt very, which is sad because the actor, Cho, is, he's an incredible actor. He's Wonderful, and I really don't think they used his talents. Yeah, so, I mean, right away in the first episode, we see that he's, like, heartsick over Abby, and for some reason he's working with the bad guys. So, um... There's that trope. We see, uh, you know, uh, Abby and Ichabod, they, they're, of course, they're heading to the, to the graveyard to take the Horsemen of the Apocalypse head off away from consecrated ground. Because that's what you do. Because that totally makes sense. And, um... Of course, they split up. And they dig such a nice, square... It's beautiful. ...wonderful hole for the middle of the night in this tiny little and spade. And it's not buried really deep. No. Like, they did not do a great job of... I mean, like, you think that that would be, like, uh, under rocks and, you know... Oh, yeah, I'd put it, like, in a sealed tomb. How yeah. does this... The head of death just sit in some dirt? Well, and it as, is consecrated ground, so... Yes, as but, Frank says later, it's like a pickle jar. It's, and <laughs> stick that sucker in a sealed tomb. Silver box or something, because, you know, lead silver line. does stuff. Well, and then there's lead, yeah. silver. But, you know. Some, some kind of, ins- some something. Right. Something. You, you stick Ichabod in the ground with all these jars and some salt, and you just kind of bury his head. I don't. Yeah. 
understand it. So the horseman, of course, just straight up attacks. And... No monologuing, though. No monologuing, which was kind of refreshing. It really is. Uh, So, of course, they're separated. I don't really know why they're separated. Because the horseman is firing, and Ichabod jumps into Ah, the the grave, and uh, Abby runs off and jumps on the other side of a wall. There you go. And um, so we see Andy pull up, and Abby's all kind of relieved, and he proceeds to very swiftly knock her out. And try and stuff her in the back seat. Yes. And he makes this little speech about, I told you to stay away from him. I, you know, I was trying to, I tried you to know, tell you. I tried to tell you. to tell you. Oh, he was going to protect her. So, Andy knows that it's death. He, yes. He knows good and damn well, this dude is not, you know, legit. Kosher. Yeah. <laughs> not so kosher at all. Because because it was Ichabod It was buried in the salt. He's the kosher one. Right. There you go. So, um, apparently Andy was supposed to call reinforcements, but he actually did because some... Somebody shows up. I don't know if maybe it's because of the gunfire, because... Just a patrol? Because the horseman is, like, decked out like Rambo over here. I know, right. So, the reinforcements come, and they see the horseman in all his headlessness. Headless glory. (laughs) In all his headless glory. Um, Dawn is coming, and so, you know, they don't really stop him. He gets on his magic white horse. And rides off into, into the, the sunrise. sunrise. So, you know, Icky's Icky. Icky. I call him Icky. I like it. It's okay. Um, Ichabod, he has the head in the fancy pickle jar. And they totally have this cute bro moment at the end, him and Abby. They they exchange these glances. And yes, it's all I very meaningful. I have to say, though, that head in that jar is so gruesome looking. Like... For once, it's this, not a clean, pretty skull. It's not, a, and it's not. It's it's exactly what you would think it would look like. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to describe it. It's got it still has skin all over it. He's got these the white it's eyes, like brown, and it's gross. And it's obviously in some kind. It can't be formaldehyde because we're talking two hundred fifty years ago. Yeah, but it's it just oh, it's so nightmarish. It's awesome. So of course Frank comes and he's seventeen different kinds of grumpy. Because and strutting his stuff down the hallway, Abby inexplicably still has Ichabod with her, and he, you know, he decides that you know they're gonna help, and he, he can't stop her, so he may as well just let, let her, do her go. It. Yes. And so she makes a point of saying that she's not gonna go um, to Quantico because she tells Frank that whatever's going on is gonna get worse. And Ichabod looks so proud of her in that moment. He does so proud. And so, you know, Ichabod says that, you know, he read that there were two witnesses that were supposed to Because Katrina up. calls him the first witness. She calls him the first witness, and he says there were two witnesses that mm-hmm. are meant to start a seven-year cycle. And basically... So we get seven seasons, right? Yes, we get at least this seven. This means we get at least seven seasons. Okay. They'll find out. Yes. They'll, they'll come up with another way to extend it later. They have to. Um, it's said seven seasons right there. And they're supposed to, you know, just stop the apocalypse. Is that all? That's it. Just stop the apocalypse. So, and you know, you've already got one of the horsemen running around, so I'm sure they can kill him at some point. Sure. So, um... He's deaf. They, Frank makes a point of saying that, you know, the policemen that were there corroborated their story. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can't chalk it up to double crazy. Yeah, and he's, that he's Andy, starting to see it. And that Andy is going to plea bargain. He confesses and he's he going to confesses. Play, yes. If he can talk to Abby. 
So, you get a little bit more of the sad puppy moment that Andy, oh, he's so, he wants to talk to Abby. <sighs> so, we see Andy in his cell, and he's talking to what looks like a demon. And... Big of horns. Yeah. Massive And body. apparently, Andy's been a disappointment. Oh, uh, because you know he didn't retrieve the head. No, he and didn't. you know that doesn't look good on your performance evaluation. It does not. And so what it... he gets for that is he gets his neck snap back. No bonus. <laughs> no bonus. No bonuses. And he did. And so dead. So it it all happens very quickly, and conveniently, Abby and Ichabod walk up shortly after his head snaps back in a crazy fashion. And they start looking at the mirror in the cell. Yes. And they see this shadowy forest scene that mostly looks, just big old horns. And mostly just That's some big really, old horns. He's he's just this brown big old body. You can't really see him, but it's just really these faceless. Horns. Um, it looks a lot like Abby's uh, when they flash back to what Abby saw when she was a kid. Um, and then it's this really, and it startled the hell out of me the first time I saw it. It does. He does this, like, you know, you, you <clears throat> and he's just, like, right at the mirror, and he cracks it. Uh, yeah. And all you see are basically, like, faceless, creepy, and horns. <laughs> horns. And, and that's the end. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really sets up right away that and the horseman get, is not all you're going to get about You get the this. Rolling Stones again. And you get the Rolling Stones again, which is just a really cool Allow song. Allow me to introduce myself. Yes. I love that song so much. I'm so glad they used that. It and was it, a great song. It, so I, I was just really happy right away that, that I, I didn't have to go into this worried anymore beyond the first episode that it was just going to be the horseman doing stuff every week. The yeah, it really, in one episode, you get these great characters played by these great actors, and whereas we all know, maybe not all of us, we all know the original story of Sleepy Hollow, where he just kind of shows up, and there's this headless horseman, and there's this bully, and there's this woman, and boom, 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 and whatever, there's this bridge, and, and that's, I mean, it's this real short, it's not even that long of a book the story itself is really no really it's a short. story it's not a book and actually um one of the cool things is um tom meissen um who plays ichabod he read the legend of sleepy he re- hollow he recorded, he recorded the audio book yes and i listened to it um several months ago it was after i think it was after the first season yes um you pointed me to it and i realized how little about the original i'd actually remembered Mm-hmm. I guess in my head, the As Disney... post to the Disney story. The Disney story became uh, what I guess thought the story was. And it's not. Not at all. You don't get a whole lot of any of this, and it's all very... Like, nothing is overt in the story. No. It doesn't It doesn't give you the, you know, the ominous... Well, the, the, the story itself is not near a supernatural No, it's just there's a As disappearance. The Disney. And yeah. it's... Yeah. So, I, I just thought that was really interesting... Um, because they're taking a lot of liberties with this, but then again, from, so much. But then again, from what I've seen, all the adaptations. I'm are. good with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the Johnny, the Johnny Depp one was. I mean, so off the mark. I mean, so they just take off. it and run with it. But I'm, I'm really, and you know, again, in that first episode, you've got these actors and the great actors, this great chemistry from the jump, and they go ahead on the outset and give you. So there's there's so they can go so far with this. Okay, yeah, it's not just about the headless horseman as we all think he is. They bring him to the apocalypse. Oh, but it's not just the four horsemen of the apocalypse. There's this bigger story with mm-hmm. who's behind the apocalypse. It's just you can see the potential 
in the pilot immediately, and I love it. It makes me interested. It makes me want to see more. And they, it really was. It was it was creepy the first time I watched it. It was, but you know, I love me some creepy. I know you do. And I mean, it was just like that mirror thing at the end that startled the shit out of me. I know. I st- I like made a noise the first oh, time yeah. I saw it. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, "All right, I'm in." <laughs> oh yeah, I was. I literally, I was. I was hooked from the first episode. There, it's and there's so and we could I could ramble on and on about it again and again, <laughs> but the. Uh, the 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 setting mm-hmm. was really well done the the backgrounds the the creepy trees the the costumes Ichabod's mm-hmm. uh outdated oh and I will that's we'll talk about that more later yeah um that's a, that's a whole thing in and Abby's of itself. <laughs> it really is Woo. that has a life of its own and Abby's uh her facial expressions her Everything about, I just love everything about Abby. I cannot think of a single thing about her that I don't like. Um, she was so beautifully she, casted. She, and I had never, are. I had never heard of Nicole before this. I had neither, although some people had. Yeah, and, and I hadn't heard of Tom either. I think I, I went had back, neither. I think I, I went back later and found one thing he had been in that I wasn't really aware now, of. Now, I knew Orlando Jones. I knew Orlando Jones. I knew him. I knew uh, I liked him. I knew John Cho. I knew we knew him and uh, Corbin. I knew his face. He's been in lots of stuff. He's one of those guys that's in things. He plays um, sheriffs a lot. He does well when you're when you're typecast. You're typecast. Uh, but outside of that, I did. These were all new faces to me, other than Orlando Jones and John. Well, and Cho was one of the reasons why I started watching. Wanted it. to see it. I saw previews. I love Sleepy Hollow, but. I was like, oh, it's the guy, that guy from Star Trek. I'd love to see him in something. Yeah, yeah. And then he's dead. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I felt, yeah, because I know when I watched it for the first time, I felt like, man, you used him to draw me in, and he's dead. I know, This but is not cool, but I, I was already a, hooked. And when the show aired originally, Star, he was, Star Trek was still so fresh. Yeah. So he was a big name, too. Because I think that was right after Into Darkness. I think it was, shortly after. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just, I, I just can't go on with how much I love Nicole, because Tom is great, and I think he, he plays Ichabod beautifully, but I think with, if I disliked Abby... It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. It had to be these two actors in this, in the parts that they're in. And one of my favorite things is seeing them stand next to each other, because he's quite tall, and she's very short. He is at least a foot taller. Because she literally comes up to the top of his shoulder. And she just, it it's not played for the cutesy. And they don't play off of the, that, but you still, you and you forget. It. When yeah. they're across the room from each other, you forget about the height difference. But when you see them stand next to each other, it's like, oh my gosh. Because yeah. she's literally at least a head shorter. I think she's just over five feet, if I remember correctly. And he's got to be at least... At uh, least six, I six, think. Well, yeah. Well, see, my I have a friend who I come up to his shoulder, and yeah. I'm five two. Yeah, and he's six four. Yeah, so, but it's that's a big difference. That's like fourteen inches right there. But the, I I like that it's the visual is there, but they don't play it up. It's not a cute no, thing. He's no. not. He doesn't play down to her. No, he doesn't, and he doesn't talk down to her. And even when he's making these ham-fisted statements about <laughs> her being liberated and abolition and like even then emancipated you can tell there's a respect there even though 
bless him, he... <laughs> Lieutenant. He's woefully out of date. Lieutenant. And oh, the lieutenant. There's so much respect. But when he, he says instantly it. accepts her rank. He does. He immediately accepts her rank without question. That she is a lieutenant with the police department. And that this is how it is. Yeah, and so I really like His, that. That is really it really is interesting. His acceptance of okay, I was dead in this battle and now here it is two hundred and fifty years later and there's all these cars and there's you know, uh, slavery has been abolished, and okay, we're a she's country a now. Yeah, we're a <laughs> country now, and she's wearing trousers, and that used to be a livery, and now it's a Starbucks. He's so accepting of everything. It, it's, of course, it advances the story along a lot faster. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's but that speaks to his intelligence. And they avoided the time travel trope of oh please i'm gonna be disbelieving of everything i see immediately yes. like i won't accept this this yes. is a woman a black woman no less oh you my know. gosh yeah but he he takes it he he asks but he he asks question he asks he accepts it he moves on he learns and it and that continues on and, and that's one of the great things about his character and i really like that they set him up um, when they were interrogating him, he mentions that he was a professor at Oxford. He yes. He comes over as part of the Queen's uh, military. Yes. And he quickly switches sides and sees that the colonists are on the right side. He does, and he explains it so well. Yeah. I, I really like that they that they show he has an academic background, mm -hmm. because I think that comes into play later. But that also speaks, the original Ichabod Crane character was, was in fact, a perf was a teacher, so right. that still brings some of the original story into and, it. And I like, I haven't confirmed this, um, but I like to think that Frank Irving's last name is a nod. I'm sure it is. It's to the original gotta author. be a nod I mean, to the author of the story. Where else can they, they bring him in yeah. at? Um, um, and so, I just... I really, number one, we've got such a great lead. Yes. But she's a woman of color. Yes. In a position of authority. We've got Frank, who is a black man in a position of authority. Yes. Um, and I just, right away, I, I was like, this is really cool. Well, you've got and, Andy. And who, Andy, who who is Asian. Uh, is he Korean? Possibly. I don't, I think, I'm not going to guess at that. I don't know for sure. Um, but still, we have an Asian character. We've got... Uh, Two black, color, leads. two black leads and a British guy who accepts it all in such stride without making such a big deal about it. And it does my heart so much good. Yeah. I was, I was really excited when I saw this cast. Um, and we'll see, we'll see a bit more of that as they introduce more characters. Yes. Um, but I, I was really, I was really proud of Fox on that because. And it's Fox. It's Fox. Yeah. Like, what? Fox? <laughs> what? Well, their entertainment arm doesn't always match up with their news arm. That's true. <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> Ever. So, but yeah, I was I was really happy to see the diversity in this cast. Yes, and uh, it's it has been renewed for its third season. It has. And for a supernatural-themed show to have survived on Fox this long. Is a good sign. Is a good sign. I know, and that was... That, it's so sad because one of the things... I'm really reluctant to watch things on Fox now because I'm I like, know. I'm like, am I going to watch it, fall in love with it, and then you cancel it? Because they have a history of that. They do. Um, so, Firefly. Yeah, Firefly. Uh, but, you know, I, I was really pleasantly surprised with Sleepy Hollow in a lot of ways. I've been really happy with the response of it. The, uh, the thing is, uh, there is this trend going now where sci-fi 
<clears throat> more sci-fi type shows, um, uh, supernatural themes seems to be more accepted these days mm-hmm. than in, in well, previous they're, years, they're previous generations. Done, yeah, they're being done really well. That's true. They are being done really well. Um, they're being, putting money into it. You can tell this is not chintzy stuff. And the story behind it's really this, well done. Yeah, it's believable. not. It's not your at like what I would consider some of the ham-fisted sci-fi fantasy stuff. It's not stuff. Star Trek, the original series. And you gotta love it, but... You do. It, I mean, I don't know that... But this it is not. I don't know that Kirk flailing around... Oh my gosh. ...would play in today's audience, where he's just constantly, like, flailing around. and um, So, but yeah, this is... I had really high hopes for this when I first started watching it, and, and so far, it's... I'm not gonna say it's flawless, um, because we'll get into some of the stuff later that <clears throat> neither one of us really agreed with, but... And let's just point out that we love the show so much that the two of us are now doing a podcast about it. Yep. So, it's gotta be good. Exactly. So, if you're watching it along with us, um, we're gonna, we're gonna make a concerted effort as we're watching, as we're going back and watching these, um, not to spoil future episodes for you. We'll try, but if one slips out, we apologize in advance. Yes. Um... But, you know, so if you're watching along with us, awesome. Um, you're going to love it. It's great. Um, and if you don't love it, that's cool. But, you know, you're going to love it. And so, that, anything else you want to add I after the pilot? I think I've about talked out the pilot out. I, <laughs> I could go on and on about how much I love the character and the story and the shows. But we've got plenty more episodes to go. Yes. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you about this episode or really anything. Uh, you can email us at randomteapodcast at gmail.com. You can message us on Tumblr at randomteapodcast or you can tweet at us at randomteacasts. And honestly, if it's anything like really important or it's a lot of feedback, I would say go ahead and email us rather than chance Tumblr's messaging system. But, you know, you can you can do both if you, you know, just want to make sure we get it. And if you don't want to remember all of that, our website at randomtpodcast.com has all of our contact information. And if you follow us on Twitter, you can get notifications as to when all of our casts are released. And um, the website also has links to our casts on iTunes and SoundCloud. And um, while you're listening, if you would like to subscribe or rate or leave us feedback or like or thumbs up or high five or whatever the hell the site allows, um, we would really, really appreciate it. Um, And if there's a site or an app that you'd like us to post to that we're not already on, just let us know and we'll definitely look into it. Be sure to send us your show theories, ask us about upcoming casts, or please suggest a movie you'd like for us to talk about. We want to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Thank you.